time for two blokes talking tech. There is a lot going on in technology, as always. All the latest news and information about technology. It's fantastic to get these speeds on a mobile phone, isn't it? The speeds on this thing are amazing. Two blokes talking tech. Very nice, snappy performance. It's a good phone. Yeah, there's a few pros and cons with this. With Trevor Long from yourtechlife.com. Now, my advice to people who like this kind of service is... And Stephen Fennick from techguide.com.au. I really like this new service. Gives you that flexibility to hear your music anywhere. Two blokes talking tech. Stephen and Trevor always providing the best advice. Lots to talk about on Two Blokes Talking Tech. This is Two Blokes Talking Tech. Episode 341, thanks to Netgear and Unidan. Uh, Two Blokes Talking Tech, Trevor Long with from EFTM.com. Stephen Fennick from techguide.com.au. Stephen, with much reluctance, <laughs> I say to you, may the fourth be with you. And also with you, Trevor, May the 4th, loving it. Star Wars Day. We're in appropriate spot, A eh, for Star Wars Day? You're surrounded by Star Wars memorabilia. Right? Yeah, and I'm getting a headache because you've got so many Wi-Fi networks here that yeah. are named after Star Wars yeah, yeah, characters. Star Wars characters, that's right. I mean, mate, when it I test, amusing when people when I test a Wi-Fi device, yeah. I test it and then I disconnect it. <laughs> you've got them all <laughs> still connected <laughs> because you name them Obi-Wan, yeah. Buddy, Darth, Darth Vader. Vader. Kylo Ren, um, Chewbacca, yeah. Boba Fett, it's got a, he got a start as well. So basically, anyone, if you want to know where Stephen Fennick lives, just drive around yeah. Sydney until you find <laughs> 16 Wi-Fi networks named after Star Wars characters and you, think, you'll work it out. I don't think I'd be the only person who thought of that. Oh, I think you're the only person with the, like that many networks. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Okay. Maybe, I'll give you that. Yeah. All right, all right. Anyway, we're not here to talk Star Wars, though it is an important day for Solo, Stephen. and in three weeks. Solo. Yeah, mate, no one cares. I've already bought my ticket. To already got the ticket, 9.30am session, May the 24th. Why did it come in on May the 4th? Because it wasn't ready yet. Mate, they, that is they 20 days. I mean, get, your, get your act May, together. They announced May 24th as the, the launch date like a year ago. Yeah. I think that's poor planning from the people at Disney, yeah, but anyway, good luck the to original, them. Just a bit of trivia. The original oh. Star Wars film yeah. in 1977 came out on May the 25th, 1977. So that's why they wanted to keep it. It's oh, so it's, it's a four, day, but they, they can't. They couldn't even get close. Years to the day that the original start. May the twenty fourth or twenty fifth. May the twenty fifth in the US, in but in the in Australia because because movies come out on a Thursday here. We're going to get on the twenty fourth. In the US, it's coming out on the May twenty fifth. So we're going to get it a full day ahead of the US. The same thing happened with the Last Jedi as well, because films start in the US on Fridays in Australia on Thursdays. Well, this is. Yeah, no, you don't know anything there. You will learn it all. No, that's that's one. You get two mentions a show. Okay, uh, you can all have all your all other all one later. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> two blokes talking tech. Two blokes talking tech. You're listening to two blokes talking tech with Trevor Long and Stephen Fennick. Well, Stephen, how many weeks ago can you flick through the through the pad and work out how many weeks ago we were sitting in these very chairs here in the Tech God Studio? Oh, I think we were at your place, mate. No, yeah. where are we? Yeah, we were. Okay, yeah. and. Uh, we were talking. I'm, I'm episode, confident we were here. Episode three three nine. Okay. Optus. Um, we mentioned Optus having unlimited plans. Now, so that's only three or four three, weeks three ago. Weeks ago yeah. um, that we were talking about. Optus had this this unlimited plans, but I don't think we really truly knew at the time that it was it was super small. It wasn't public. It was mm. invite only. Um, and there was this you know cap on on what you could do with it. You couldn't do yeah. massive amounts of streaming and things. And we both said uh, it won't be long before someone else I follows. Think, I think the exact words were it's a matter of time before the other telcos go into line with this. I think it's risky to say it's those are exact words because, mate, I could go to the tape. Yeah, I'm but pretty sure. It'd be close. Yeah. But the point is uh, this is a competitive market. So I don't, think it's, um, I don't think it's wrong to let people in behind the curtain and say that Vodafone were going to be first with this, right? They were ready to go yeah. um, with a Tuesday night announcement was their plan. Yes. Um, and <laughs> that little company called Telstra. little company called Telstra came out Tuesday late morning yeah. um, and said, guess what? We've got one unlimited plan. Yeah. And I'm pretty sure Vodafone went, oh, God damn it. And, uh, those, 90 minutes later. Yeah. yeah. No, well, they, they basically said at that point, off you go. Do, yeah. do your best because um, they, had, they had planned to do it that night. But, but it was interesting, though, that the, I don't know whether you found this out, but they initially went out with the three plans mm. with, which had certain Different amounts data. of data. So they, they sent out another release saying, oh, by the way, we've updated the data. So I think they saw that Telstra's entry level was 40 gig. I think their entry level was 30 gig. Mm. So they went, hang on, we've got to match it. So let's be clear here. These are unlimited data plans from Telstra and Vodafone. Optus does not have any in the market. When I rang Optus, they said, oh, we have no comment. And I went, are you kidding? 
She goes, no, we have no comment. I went, sorry, okay, so we just... You started this. We all, yeah. what, what do you mean you have no comment? And she goes, we have no comment. I went, so you say, so they've still got a plan, though? No, there is no public... So there are no Optus Unlimited plans. I don't think any... The other, Unleashed plan, isn't it called Unleashed? There is you, no you a- publicly available oh. unlimited mobile data plan with Optus at this point in time. So they've um, retracted it again, are you saying? Eh? Well, they, their essential point is it was never available. It was made available by invite only to certain existing customers. Right. So it's not available right so, now. But if those customers took it up three and a half oh, weeks they, ago. They're, they're, they're on they're it. On That's it. no drama, yeah. Right. Um, so the point here is it's unlimited data, but it is limited in speed. So for a, a, yeah. a large portion of the month or the, or the, the usage, you get full speed. But after that point, you get pushed down to 1.5 megabits per second. Now, for most of these plans, we're talking 40 gigabytes of max speed yep. data, as Vodafone 40. calls it, and then you go down to this 1.5. Um, they Vodafone say so that's still enough to stream standard definition and music and stuff, and which, which I'm sure which it, is. it is. Yeah. Um, don't forget, we're on Wi-Fi a lot too. Like if you're if you're throttled back to 1.5, you just got to go into somewhere where there's Wi-Fi and you'll get. Yeah, better, better and, and I think the point, and so I had, a, I had a massive Barney with a bloke you'd be surprised on the yeah, internet. And uh, no, I was Facebook I actually, actually. had a big Barney on Twitter last night myself. Did you? Yeah. Oh, hey, we'll get back to that. Yeah. Stand by. Yeah. So my, I put up the thing, unlimited, da, da, da. This bloke goes, it's not unlimited. Call the ACCC. And I went, well, hang on, it is unlimited. It is unlimited data. And, and, and how I describe it is unlimited data, but not unlimited speed. Exactly. So yeah. the point, but the point is it is unlimited data. We, we, when you compare mobile plans, you say, here's the dollar amount, here's the number of calls, here's the amount of data you can use each month. Yeah. Um, there is no limit to the amount of data you can use each month. Yeah. If you get, so on the $60 Vodafone plan, you get 40 gig at full speed. If you have the inclination, the time, the patience to download 40 gig in 10 days and for the next 20 days to go hard and download another 20, 30, 40 gig, at a 1.5 meg speed, you're allowed Good to. Luck. It's just going to take you a long time. It's, going to, it's just going to take longer. Yeah. So, yes, it is unlimited. And I, yeah. I think that, honestly, I think the people that are complaining that it's not unlimited are the world's biggest narcs. Yes. Okay? Because the great thing is here, we've got to look at the positives here. This removes the excess usage fees, which are exactly. $10 per gigabyte. You get to your 30 gig, you hit 31, you've paid an extra 10 bucks. Yeah. You hit 31.25, for the month, I've and you've paid another twenty bucks. I've seen this firsthand. My son, my daughter, they've they've because yeah, they signed up two years ago with a phone or a year and a half mm. ago with a phone. They only had like four gig of data, which was nothing. So they'd be going over another gig, another gig. So they suddenly their sixty dollar plan was now a hundred and ten dollar plan, mm. and that that if if they decide, and this is a SIM only plan, which would point out, so you can't get a phone with this plan. You need to have your phone already. Now they're on a SIM only plan with their own phones, and now this is an issue. Although and this will sort of lead us into the next part of the discussion. They've got plans now with forty, you know, thirty-five gig of data and forty gig of data. So my question, and I wrote this as a blog the other day on Tech Guide. What do you really need this? Who Is there need it? any need for this? Yeah, I mate, I don't know. So I was looking the other day. We've, we've got three mobiles on a, on a shared data plan, a total of thirty-six, thirty-eight gigabytes between us. Um, my wife uses bugger all. The, the Jackson, the kids' phone doesn't get used, so. It's pretty much, I get 30 gig. Let's just call it 30 gig, right? Yeah. Mate, the other day, I was sitting at the airport in Melbourne and the Wi-Fi wasn't that great, so I tethered and I downloaded, um, oh, I was trying to download billions on, on Stan and it wasn't right, coming down serious. via the Wi-Fi in the lounge, so I thought oh, maybe they've, they've, they've prevented a bit of downloading. So I've tethered yeah. and like six episodes, download, and it's I've got an immediate text message saying you've hit 50% of your data usage. And it resets on the 6th of May. I'm like, well, that's five days away. And yeah. I, so I'm five days away and I haven't hit 15 to 16 gigabytes yet. Yeah, wow. I mean, mate, 30 gig is a lot. a lot. 40 gig is a lot. Yeah. These plans have to 100 gig at full gig. speed. Yeah. It's crazy amounts of data. I just don't I, – I think that point is I don't know how people are going to get through – more, more than this well, data, except for to... people who don't have home internet. So a lot of a lot of teenagers, a lot of young people shun the whole idea of having an NBN connection mm. or they're renting or whatever, so they are tethering a lot. I just think if that's you, you're using your phone wrong, you need to look at a like a hotspot-style connection yeah. for, for your inter, your home-based stuff. I'm just thinking – I'm just trying to think of who the customer is for this, and I, I sort of speculated the fact that it's – it's obviously some, I reckon, like mobile professionals or people that are on the go the whole time. They're using their phone not only for data, but they're tethering, like you just said. So that's probably your typical customer. I couldn't imagine 
a younger user who normally burns through data pretty fast being able to a afford this sort of plan, especially over you know mm. eighty and, and sixty and eight hundred twenty gig. So I'm just thinking that the, the typical user that would take this on would be that mobile professional or that person who's the occasional uh, doesn't have a good fixed fixed broadband at home. But again, the, isn't that why there's the, that safeguard, the, the the speed limit? Because if this could be exploited, if they didn't have that, well, yes. people would think beautiful. I can run, I can watch Netflix all night on this, and that that's kind of where the break. They've got to put the brakes I, on. I think people need to understand that if it was unlimited data and unlimited speeds. Um, people would disconnect their home lines. It'd be the Wild and West. Now, now yeah. the conspiracy theory is that, oh, the telcos want you to have two connections. Okay, well done. But the actual fact is that if, if even if a, a percentage of people did that, it would it would bring down the mobile networks. The mobile yeah. networks couldn't cope with that amount of streaming. They're not designed for so that. these caps yeah. create a bit of limitation. They create a bit of resistance, and they they create consistency in the network. So look, I think it's an unbelievable move. I'm. I think in that previous episode, I might have said, I think Vodafone would go first. I think we were mm. kind of right there. But I think it's stunning that Telstra reacted so fast. Mm. I think it's fantastic for their customers, and it's a it's a challenge and for bloody Vodafone. What's their – is it 60 is $69. $69 for 40 gig, for, which for a Telstra plan is, is solid value, yeah, I think, absolutely. now. And, um, and, and yeah. to be clear, you're signing up for 12 or 24 months or whatever yeah. it is on the SIM-only plan, $69, that's all you'll pay. Yeah. Like most people are currently paying, they're, like you said with your kids, they're on 60 and now they're paying 70 or 80 because they're getting those excess yeah. fees. You, you sign up for 69, no excess fees, mate. That's it's done. Because normally that, that was one thing where, where people are under the, the, the false impression that a, a capped plan is that, that that is the minimum you'll pay, not the maximum you'll pay. So in this case, well, that is going to be the maximum you're going to pay. So it's a true capped plan. Yeah. Question I got very quickly online from people around roaming, um, which was I thought was a good, yeah, good question early on. In Australia, though, isn't it? Um, that that is well, it's always they always say that, but you can still use your data overseas. So what happens with the roaming if you're a Vodafone? So for you and me, yeah, uh, if we're on the unlimited plan, um, you, you can still do your roaming five dollars a day, but that max speed amount that's the amount available to you overseas. Yes. Right, so, so the 40 gig, the 40, that's, that's the 40, amount available yeah, to you while you're overseas. And, and if you need more, you, you pay the $10 per gigabyte, right? So the, mm, exactly right. the same as the, the non-unlimited plans, yeah. but essentially the number, if you're wondering how much it's going to be, is, is the max speed number, yes. Allowance, right. Yeah. But what, what's going to happen, do you think, when and who knows how long these unlimited plans are going to last for, what's going to happen when 5G comes around? Is that going to – would that – do you think that's going to give the telcos the opportunity to maybe – Ease up on the maybe offer a, a, a faster capped speed. You know how it's one point five. Yeah. Maybe five G might give them. They might make okay. You can have five megabits per second, which would which actually oh, would be pretty good. I would have thought that the more likely scenario is that 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 max data cap goes larger, higher. Yeah, so you yeah, just yeah. go, you know, you go to yeah. 60, 70, 80 gigabits. Imagine that. Imagine dropping down to five megabits per second or ten megabits per mm. second. That, be like being at your joint trying to upload stuff. Yeah, okay, mate. I know I've had issues. Anyone who follow me on Twitter knows I've been sparring with Optus the last so couple the, of days. Who was the no, no, the Barney was a sports. It was over the um, the penalty that the the bull the the Broncos got on the in the seventy ninth minute of the game. You know that Moses Embi sort of like just his, assume I haven't watched it. Put his hands on uh, on. Um, Does he play for Floyd, the, the Bulldogs? So the Bulldogs player, Brisbane Broncos, put up a kick and the ball went in the in goal area. Darius Boyd's trying to charge for the ball to try to, to claim the try. He was sort of had a little touch in the back from um, the Bulldogs player, and referees penalised and Sinbin Moses Mbai penalty in front. The the scores were twenty all at the time, so Broncos easy penalty. They win the game in the 79th minute. It's kind of like a penalty try, isn't it? I mean, that's the whole. Well, you're not well, meant to interfere in that. But point. that's the thing. They didn't. They ruled. Hang on, where do you sit on it? Was it? it? No, I thought it was a nothing penalty. I, I, I thought that they didn't rule that that it was a penalty try. Yet it was enough to warrant a penalty, but not a penalty try. So, right. So you're yeah, saying yeah. if it was that big it a deal, it should penalty. have been a penalty yeah. try. But yeah. it's but it was it, nothing. Right. I thought it was a nothing penalty anyway. Read really? Twitter. So it was just some some narc you were no, you were having I, to go at? I just put it out there saying another nothing penalty that's decided a game, another nail in the coffin of the game for oh, the game. The game. And everyone was everyone went, oh, you're what? Yeah, a lot what of you become Buzz Rothfield. A lot of people agree. Well, Buzz Rothfield, I chimed in, but a lot of people agreed with me, 
And then others, obviously Bronco supporters, said, "Oh, the, what you don't don't have the rules when when you don't follow the rules." I said, "Oh, mate, come on! They missed a knock on two tackles earlier, but no one saw that." <laughs> anyway, that's a whole other podcast, a whole other story, and a whole other argument happening at uh, Twitter on uh, Stephen Fennick's page. You're listening to Two Blokes Talking Tech. Well, you just mentioned Twitter a moment ago, and uh, mm. Twitter's uh, issued a really interesting directive to its users, and they're suggesting that the 330 million plus users of of the social network, they've urged them to change their passwords, mm. and that was a surprising notification to get for anyone who logged into Twitter today. And the reason behind it, apparently, there was there's a process in Twitter where they store the passwords on a system that uses what they call a hashing process. So the hashing process means that the characters in your in your password are disguised by other characters so that you can't, with the naked eye, read a password in the system. What's happened at Twitter is some glitch has uh, forced the log to be copied in plain text. So there was... In Twitter's computer system, a plain text list of every user's password. Now, we don't know whether this has been exposed. They said there was no breach, no security breach. They said it never got outside the, the, the company, but they're still urging people to be abundantly cautious and to go ahead and uh, to update, to change their passwords. And, and the, the message from Twitter, I'll read it, which is coming up now whenever you open the app, essentially, it says, keep... Oh, thanks very much, Siri. Keeping your account secure. When you set your password for Twitter account, we use technology that makes it so no one at the company can see it. We recently identified a bug that stored passwords unmasked in an internal log. We fixed the bug and our investigation shows no indication of breach or misuse by anyone. Out of an abundance of caution, we ask that you consider changing your password on all services where you've used this password. Now, that's quite smart because the problem is people do reuse the same password on multiple sites. But the other problem is, mate, their chief technology officer is clearly a goose. His name's (laughs) Parag Agarwal. He's tweeted, what about this? He's retweeted that message and he's said, we're sharing this information to help people make an informed decision about their account safety security. We didn't have to, but believe it's the right thing to do. What a complete idiot. We didn't have to. Mate, he's been hammered because like a minute later he's gone, I I should not have said we did not have to. I felt strongly that we should. My mistake. What an idiot. I I, I wouldn't go so far as to criticise him for being open and honest. I think, mate, we didn't. He shouldn't have said that. He should attract... Uh, you know, the, the, he should get flamed when he's trying to be dishonest. Like he's trying to be open about it. And I think that's no, his people's problem is good. people's problems are a lot of this happens and they don't get disclosed. He's saying we didn't have to disclose that's, that's it. Thing, yeah. But, but mate, why would you say that? Well, you should, you should say it's not legislated. I, I just, you just don't bring it up, mate. It just sounded like they made a decision. It's mate, you've made a complete mistake. Now, here's my problem. This has been going on for 10 years. Because people have been signing up forever, right, to Twitter, and this this process happens when you sign up. When you sign up and you put your password in, it gets hashed, and then it gets saved into their database. But there's a log between the database and the sign-up. That log has clearly been there forever. So it's every user, is every how, single is, user. Is that how they came up with the term hashtag? Because no. they use the hashing process? No, a hashing process is a standard password encryption process on the internet. So the hashtags have nothing to do with that? Nothing to do okay. with that. thought it might be how they coined the phrase, but... No, mate, there was some random person that started yeah. using the hashtag symbol so to track conversations. No. no, not at all. Uh, Are you going to? I haven't either, but... Uh, mate, I have a very strict know. password regime where I, I can only do it so many times, buddy, in my life. Have you got a password keeper or do no. you just you just got them in your brain? I've got them in my brain. And I'm happy to admit I use the same password across multiple sites. But I don't use the same password. I've got a unique password for bank, unique password for email, yep. and a lot of the other ones are in some way linked, shared, or, or similar. Um, yep. Because, and I know that's not what security experts recommend, but security experts aren't real people. I mean, real people don't have the headspace for passwords. Yep. And let me tell you, passwords managers, not that good. They're, they're, they're difficult. And one of my challenges, a very personal thing, is. I, I, there's two. My, my challenge is I change devices, devices too often. So when you have to set up the, the password manager in the thing, yeah. you've got to remember the password yeah. for that. Yeah. Like it's a whole other world, right? So that's my challenge. Ha- happily recommend people use one pass, uh, pass, whatever they're Last called. Passing, yeah. There's a lot of them. Dash lane. But in my mind, the best advice is 
keep your email unique because once someone's yes. got in your email account, yeah. they've got it's access because the they, they can reset every password then. And ironically, keep your bank safe as well. It's World Password Day. Well, yesterday was World Password yeah. Day. Is that Did Twitter time this for that day? Or? Oh, I'm pretty sure they were they were <laughs> discussing it on World Password Day. That, this think, stuff oh, doesn't happen in two hours. Let's see how it's, it's World Password Day. Why don't we check the system? Oh, they've just gone. Oh, they've just looked on the system for someone's password <laughs> and randomly gone, wait a minute. Should I be able to read these things? <laughs> Now, the reason, <laughs> see, the thing is, they say, oh, we don't have any evidence of misuse. To be clear, they weren't hacked. This was just them right. discovering a problem. Yep. But here's the thing. Uh, do you remember a, a rogue Twitter employee on his last day uh, did something, what was it, Donald Trump's account or someone yeah, else's? Yeah, account. Right. Now, if they can do that, if you're a rogue employee, who's to say you can't just download the log and have them download the log and therefore you've got everyone's username and password? Now, let me, let me be completely frank here, they have no intention of getting into your Twitter account when they've got their password. They have every intention of using your username and password to see whether or not they can get into your email or your Facebook or somewhere else. And that's the challenge, right? As you said, it's not unusual for people to use multiple passwords. So they're thinking, okay, hang on, I've got Kanye West's password here. I wonder if this is the password to his email or his Instagram. Do you know what? And this is what happens, right? This is how the iCloud hack So are you going to change your password now, mate? Yeah, no, because I'm pretty comfortable. I change it. I change my password so often that really? it's a it's a pretty pretty safe bet. I think yep. it's, it's like I, I like the fact that I, I didn't write anything about World Password Day. I've wrote the Twitter story though on Tech Guide, but I'm thinking it's a good practice though. To people are pretty lazy. Hmm. We don't normally are that are that vigilant to change passwords, and we're not really that efficient. So, is it worth? People, remember how... This is the moment where you make... We were talking about Facebook and said, look, take 30 minutes to do a little stock take of Facebook. Should should people do that with their password, do you reckon, today? Yes, take 30 minutes... Twitter, but Take 30 minutes to do the what password manager thing, life admin. Set up a password manager and get cracking on that. At the very least, take the time to go, rightio, Twitter, Facebook, email. um, You know, what are the common services used? Change those passwords. It's It's not rocket science. Now... Last thing we'll say in terms of password advice, and I give this a lot and people get freaked out by it, but it's not hard. You come up with a phrase. So, um, you know, I, I, might, I might, no, no, I might use a new, new, a new password might be the Millennium Falcon is fast, right? Yeah. It's a long Pretty password, long. right? Yeah. yeah. But the longer, the better, right? Yeah. The longer a password, the better. And so the Millennium Falcon is fast. And then I'll go right here. I'm going to, I'm going to capitalize some random letters, not the first letter of every word, but random ones. Plus throw in some numbers and a hashtag. And like it sounds complicated, but once you've typed it three times, you go, Oh, sweet. And it's actually really easy to remember the Millennium Falcon is fast. And then it it runs off your fingers. The, 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 the weird things you add in those numbers or characters and stuff. I suggest a similar thing, but I I think, look, think of you like your favorite quote out of a movie or something yeah. and maybe use if it's a long one maybe just use the first letter out of every word right. and that that can be pretty random like you know I'll make you an offer you can't refuse and so use every first letter of that or if your uh, password yeah. is 10 letters or more it's better it's yeah. stronger cuz the the way hackers work is they they try and break it by brute force so 123456123457123458 now you think that sounds you think that sounds confusing yeah. but then every dictionary letter and number put together in a in a carousel trying to track your password so if it's 50 if it's 10 characters long it's bloody hard to crack so take the time for come up with a new strong password or set up some password managers it's not a bad time to be doing it You're listening to two blokes talking tech two blokes talking tech you're listening to Two Blokes Talking Tech with Trevor Long and Stephen Fennick. We'd like to welcome our new sponsor, Uniden, and they've got a new range of smart dash cams they're offering. They offer high-quality recording to capture moments in up to 4K resolution. The more detail, the better, especially if it's your word against someone else if there's an incident on the road. They've got low price to high price range. They're really compact with contemporary design, fit neatly into the vehicle's windscreen. They've got plug-and-play setup, so really hassle-free installation. There's also a built-in parking sensor too, so it automatically starts to record if your car's parked and there's something happens to it. It's got a wide viewing angle, 120 to 150 degrees to capture all the detail around most of the vehicle. GPS geotagging, so it's got a three-axis G sensor, so it can automatically store that video in the event of an accident, and you can share that with police or insurance companies. There's also some driver assist features, including a large 
speedo display gives you a great speed and red light camera warnings as well low headlight warning there's also advanced driver assist system and lane departure warning these are features you normally find in a high-end car that are included in the unit end range the 50r and the 70r models also include rear view cameras the 70r and the 80 are wi-fi enabled so you can do direct footage transfer to your smartphone via the unit end iGo and iGo app the 3M sticker mount really is it makes it easy to attach to your windscreen and it's become a really, a really effective way, even in our really hot climate, uh, rather than having to use suction holders, that 3M sticker mount is the way to go. The Uniden Smart Dash Cam available now and check out the range at uniden.com.au. So LG don't make a fuss here in Australia when they launch a new flagship phone, mainly because market share and other other reasons don't make it a, a viable thing to do, I would have thought. But they did have a launch in New York um, this week of a brand new phone, the LG G7. Now, G5, G6, these were all announced at MWC. No, and skipped MWC and just kind of enhanced the, the V30 at MWC as we think V30, thank you, yeah. Um, so this is, their, this is their flagship phone, right? The G7 is flagship. Um, and there's two big, well, three features, I think. The design is beautiful. It's going to go on a glass front and back. Um, it has this ThinQ built in, which is their artificial intelligence that's going across everything LG does, from TVs to smartphones, you name it. Um, but it's also got the notch. Did you notice? I mean, the notch the, is a the, turn, isn't it? Now? Exactly. Even App, the Nokia, Apple I think do Nokia it. Nokia got a phone coming out. Apple do it, though, and people bag it. Huawei do it. LG do it. Um, there's but it's a, an optional notch, though. Yeah. Optional notch. Yes. So you can have the notch or you can square it off and not have the notch. I wish the iPhone had that feature. The right. iPhone 10, it would just look a lot neater, if, especially for when you're watching video and other things. So just to have that squared off look to it. I don't know. Would you use. When you're watching video, most of the time it isn't taking up the whole thing. It is. Yeah. If you see on like YouTube and other videos, it's, it takes up the whole. So the whole screen. So the, the left edge, if you're holding it that way, the left edge has the notch taken out of it. So. There, it, it does sort of impinge on the... Don't zoom in on your size. videos then. Yeah, but that just means you've got to display it in a smaller window. If they squared it off, you'd be able to have it in that window rather than it's being scaled down to that size of the... I don't um, know that it scales down that Yeah, far. I don't know. I reckon... I don't know whether Apple would do this, especially now that Android devices do it, but I reckon having the optional notch is the way to go. Give people the choice. So, what would you do? Would you, do you like the notch? Would you leave the notch? I've no problem with the notch. I've never had a problem with it. So many of my apps still don't use the notch anyway. They're, yeah, they're not right. fully updated. But yeah. I think you got to remember the notch um, is really just there to present, uh, you know, the wireless signal and battery life and stuff on either side. Um, I I just think it's hilarious to me that so many people bag the notch and now and now they're into- <laughs> yeah. well, no, I'm not saying LG bag it, but you know punters. Um, yeah. you know, haters bag the notch, and now they're struggling to know what to say because yeah. they didn't do it. And frankly, I think the question is, what does Samsung do? Because Samsung now have, uh, I know their Infinity display is they're close notches. to Infinity, but if they were to introduce the notch, they would have that taller, more infinite-looking display. So, how, what do they need, do? They don't the I don't know. Like the area. The area, like the, the the reason they've got the notch here is because that's where the the front facing cameras and the sensors are. Samsung have managed to house all of that in a quite a thin part of the S nine. It's quite thin at the top, and also this has got a bit of a chin as well. It does have a solid chin, doesn't yeah, it? Like the G seven. The, the, the S nine doesn't have as big a chin either. So Samsung appears to be a little bit more symmetrical in the way they've done it. LG though, this is a beautiful looking phone, and and they've got the dual camera on the back as well. Uh, the I think it's a sixteen an eight megapixel camera on the front sixteen dual sixteen megapixel cameras on the back, uh, but they've also got the uh, the the full vision display and it's not OLED which I'm surprised it's LED screen LCD screen mm. um, that has this technology called super bright display so it can it can have a brightness of up to a thousand nits which is bloody bright for a phone mm. so that if you're in full sunlight you can actually read it really clearly. So that, that's kind of another point of difference there. The other thing too is with the the AI, the I think it mainly applies to the camera using the camera on the on your 
on the G7. So it can recognize objects, choose modes automatically. Uh, but I think down the track that I think LG's got to play there where this is going to also talk to, you know, fridges and washing machines and things like that. I think that that's where you'll see the full, the pieces of the puzzle fall into place when all that's happening. See, I'll go back to our notch conversation, but when you're watching 16 by 9 content, there is no notch because the screen is almost 18 by 9 on an iPhone. Yeah. Okay. Just YouTube content. It goes full full height, but not full full width not because full width. Yeah, but, the screen isn't sixteen yeah, by nine. Out. Yeah, but it's, yeah. the content's not sixteen eighteen by nine because it's adjusted. No, but the content's sixteen by nine. The screen is yeah. wider than a normal vision anyway. Mm-hmm. So you'd have to be watching, you know, an eighteen by nine or a twenty-one by nine movie or something to to experience the so notch. Was that full screen? You went there. Yeah. Or did you? Because you no, know, that's you full, full screen. screen, and you hit tap it again to. Oh, jeez, yeah. mate, I don't know. Fair okay. dinkum. Okay. Uh, full screen. There you go. Look. Boom. Full screen. What's that? Seinfeld on that one? I just click the first thing on YouTube, you know? There you go. Cool. YouTube knows I love Seinfeld. By the way, can I just, just digressing a little bit on, Us YouTube, digressing. on YouTube, have you seen that new Cobra Kai series, the, the Karate Kid follow-up? No. Mate, that is the goods. Anyone who's anyone familiar with the Karate Kid franchise, right? The Karate Kid, I think it was made in Wax the Wax early Wax 80s. Yeah, so Ralph Macchio... And uh, the guy, the, his character in the movie was Johnny Lawrence, you know, the guy that he, he karate kicks in the face to win the tournament. Mm-hmm. There's a new series they've just released on YouTube Red. Yep. So this is a streaming service for YouTube, right? Yep. It's a, I think it's a eight-part series, 34 years later, from the perspective of Johnny Lawrence, the, the blonde pretty boy who got beaten in the tournament. And so he, it's his struggle. And then uh, what's his name? Uh, LaRusso, who was the karate kid. And they're they're grown up. They've got their own families, or and sort of thing things are happening. It's a bloody interesting series. Really cool. If you're a fan of the Karate Kid, uh, this is a, a it's a I think it's eight parts, so it's like a five hour movie if you get, if you add it all up. But really worth checking out. Cobra it's interesting because YouTube Red doesn't get much of a conversation around content, but right that's now, what they yeah, needed to do, they right? Will. This is a good. This is I've watched the first three episodes. And it's the Karate Kid's got a, you know, he's got a wife, he's got a couple of kids, and the Johnny Lawrence's character, that's his name, character in the movie, he's sort of like a bit of a, you know, bit of a, he's, a, he's broken up with his wife, he's sort of a bit of a run in, having, having a bit of struggle in life, and sets up his dojo again. That's why it's called Cobra Kai. Remember the, in the movie, No Mercy, that's what, that was his dojo? So he's setting that up again. So it's kind of, uh, Karate Kid with the original characters, but for a new generation. I downloaded all six episodes of Billions because uh, I had a oh, five-hour flight to you. Perth, four hours back. You watch that just two, I fell asleep big time on the plane, oh, so I've watched two of them. It's real, good. I mean, yeah. I've watched the six. It's it's great season this year, really good. Like you, there's just moments where I'm thinking, no way, just really cool series. Don't know what I'll get watch onto it. it. If you're not on the billions on stand, get onto it today. Oh, I'll do my best to get through more of it for you, mate. Two blokes talking tech. Two blokes talking tech. You're listening to Two Blokes Talking Tech with Trevor Long and Stephen Fennick. Some interesting uh, legislation passed in the New South Wales Parliament earlier this week, and that is the uh, the ruling that they can actually start deploying speed camera style technology, which can detect whether you're using your mobile device illegally in your vehicle. This will be the first place in the world where this technology is going to be used and it's going to be able to detect whether, and the basics of the laws are to use your phone legally in your car, it has to be an amount. You cannot hold it in your hand. You cannot send text messages or emails. You can only use it in the mount for GPS, streaming and for calls. So if you think that at the lights you can have it in your hand and text, you're wrong. You need to be parked by the side of the road with your engine off before you can touch your phone legally. So we've all seen it, people at traffic lights picking up their phone, even horrifically, alarmingly using it while they're driving at high speed. Now there's going to be a camera system set up that can detect. So it'll be like a speed camera. There's a photo of you taken. They see your number plate. They see the phone in your hand and you get a fine. They're, they're equating this decision to the decision to introduce random breath testing back in 1982 in, in terms of reducing the road toll, the yeah. number of people killed or injured because of the, being distracted by their so phone. they want it to be fixed cameras or mobile because... I don't know. There'll be all kinds. Uh, yeah. So the other thing is I'm not sure they actually can have the technology yet to detect it. What... So you they remember they had trials. So they were yeah. doing trials. They were and they were a policeman on a bridge essentially taking photos, yeah. and he'd, he'd radio to the bloke up the road, and they would just give people warnings. Yeah. 
my guess, and I haven't read anything about it, but my guess is the legislation allows for those photos to be used to actually enforce a fine. And then down the track and, and through a tender process, they'll look yeah. at what technology is available exactly to either automate or potentially just get better camera systems so that it's not a, you know, constable with a, with a Canon yeah, DSLR. You know, I, I think what you'll find is that sort of, you know, on overpasses and e- even in, you know, on traffic lights, there'll be other cameras there looking down at the traffic. Like the worst time when people do it is when they stop the traffic lights. Yeah. So it's an easy target. If there's one camera looking at ever all the cars that stopped at the lights, like how hard is that mm. to, to, to see someone with a camera in their hand? And it'll be such an angle where it points down into the into your car. Just ask any truck driver who's got a high vantage yeah. point. They look down into cars all the time, and they probably see everyone on their phones. Yeah, well, my breaking news, truckies, I drive past you, and I can see you on your bloody phones too. So, <laughs> yeah. and that that I mean, it's what do you got a periscope in your car? No, can you, you can see up no, you can look up and you can yeah, see them sitting there, mate. And it's not hard. Yeah, no, I'm and not saying truckies don't no, do it, but yeah. they've got a good vantage point to see. Like, look, who hasn't touched their phone at a traffic light? Who hasn't done it? You haven't done it ever. No, I'm not. That's why I'm not answering the question. Okay, well there you go. Who hasn't? So anyone that's it's. I was just going to say this. it's like it's like other things you say. If you if you, if you say you course, don't do it, you do it. You do it more than you. Of course, like, <laughs> I won't go there. <laughs> What's the saying? Ninety ninety nine percent ninety five percent say they do, and five percent are lies. Yeah. But <laughs> I see where you're going with that. But um the the uh, and the thing to emphasize here too is that. The rules state also that learner drivers and P-plate drivers cannot use their phones at all, at all yeah. in the car. And anyone who's got uh, children, uh, teenage kids that are driving now, they're going to be really thankful that these laws are coming out because that is the last thing you want your, your son or daughter to be doing while, you know, especially if they're inexperienced drivers. Mm. You see all those horrific ads they, they put out with, you know, girls texting, texting during the car and, you know, killing their mates in the car. You don't want that, you don't want that to be a reality. That's the last thing we want. So I think I, I applaud this move because it's going to finally make people pull their heads in and say, right, well, I can't do it now. I don't want to give up, what is it, four demerit points yeah. and a $330 and fine? Hopefully, I don't want to do that. Hopefully other states follow because this yeah. is a globally uh, pioneering initiative. Absolutely right. I think uh, good that we're taking the lead with this. Two blokes talking tech. And we do it all thanks to the good people at Netgear and their Arlo range of security cameras are simply outstanding when you consider the uh, the Arlo is a completely wire-free camera that allows you to monitor your home inside or out from anywhere in the world um, it creates simplicity and security for you I can open up an app and see the movement in my home the movement outside my home and I can see any vision that was recorded at that time because they're wire-free and weatherproof and and full HD you get great quality from any angle in any weather plus there's two-way audio get the alerts on your phone you get 30-day cloud recordings there's a whole bunch of great benefits to the Arlo system and you can install them in your home and you can even get a remote uh, monitoring system called Arlo Go with a SIM card in it so you can re- monitor your caravan, your holiday home, whatever it might be. Check them out online at netgear.com slash Arlo. Well, Stephen, um, many people listening to us right now would be listening via the Pocket Casts app. Pocket Cast. You've your Pocket Cast, haven't you? Mm-hmm. Aussie app built in uh, in Adelaide by uh, Russell and Phil, I think it is. It's Shifty Jelly. And it's a fun app because it's very good. It's built for po- for podcasting. It's a very, very smart app. It's um, probably one of the best in the business in that sense. But better they also – Oh, mate, 100% podcast. better than the podcast app on, on Apple. Mm-hmm. They charge three ninety nine for the app um, uh, and, it, and it, it's cloud-based so that you can switch devices. You can have a web version, a whole bunch of different things. The thing is uh, they're one of my favorite apps because they're hilarious. All their app updates have just hilarious – um, you know, bug reports, descriptions. yeah, descriptions. But, mate, they've just been bought by um, NPR and another group of public radio stations. So not just NPR in the States, but a bunch of American um, public radio stations. So these are non-for-profit radio stations. Have the, the wording is not very clear on the Shifty Jelly statement, but they've basically gone into partnership, which is essentially being, um, being acquired. Um, uh, the Pocket Cast app. Now, the, the Pocket Cast team apparently staying in place. The app's going to stay the same. Um, for me, it sounds like the public radio stations are looking to get 
a much better insight into podcast usage. How do we use it? When do we use it? How much do we listen to? So that they can enhance their offerings. Now, it doesn't mean that Pocket Cast is going to become just the NPR show. You'll still get Two Blokes Talking Tech, Tech Guide and uh, yeah. EFTM podcasts on there. Absolutely. Um, but, you know, does does it mean that the guys at Shifty Jelly have got more money to develop? Does it mean they can do better things? I don't know how you do much better than what they've already done. Um, but it's interesting to see how this public radio group are investing in podcasting in such a way that they want us to know more about our habits. That's the big deal here, I think. And it's a great story. Good Aussie app um, doing well in the world. So how about uh, that's another another Aussie service of which we're on as well is Wooshka. Could that, is there potential for that for them to be acquired too? Oh, there's no doubt that, that yeah. those kind of services, Omni, yeah. Wushka, are, are, um, are, are likely to be um, looked at globally. Yeah, I think Wushka's, uh they've got a, maybe something happening with Amazon maybe. They're, uh... Yeah, they're doing some pretty solid work with Amazon. Rob Lowenthal yeah. from Wushka, um has spoken at a recent uh, Amazon yeah. summit. They're doing a lot of artificial intelligence work, yeah. voice translation work. So there's some really cool stuff going on in podcasting. I think it's encouraging, don't well, you the reckon? First, one of the first podcasts on Wooshka was Two Blokes Talking Tech, wasn't it? No, absolutely right. Yeah, we were on the early, early days. Early, early rises, yes. Yeah. So if you're using Pocket Casts, hopefully nothing much will change. But uh, good news from, from the team there. They're, um, they're now part of the American Public Radio Group. Well, uh, there's an interesting service. Been around a few few years, at, uh, but I did get a chance to chat to the founder, Will Davies, and here's my other mention of the uh, Tech Guide podcast. I have interviewed him on the episode 297, if you want to hear that full interview about how he thought of the idea and how, how it all works. I think the uh, he, he, was, he, he was a former mortgage broker, Will, and he had uh, an idea where he wanted to create a business that would help reduce the amount of carbon we're putting into the air. And he sort of thought about solar and thought about uh, aquaponics and all these other things. And Aqua what? Aquaponics is a thing where fish poo in the water, fertilise <laughs> plants, and the plants are then used uh, to for fertiliser or something like that. But anyway, wow. his decision though, because <laughs> he, he was a, car, a shared car user anyway. You know how you can go and get the go-gets go and all this? And he was walking to the car one day, and on his way, I think he had to walk a kilometre, and all on the way saw all these parked cars that were just not being used. He thought, wouldn't it be good if we could use all these cars? So that's what that that was the 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 brainstorm he had to create Car Next Door, which basically allows people to register their car for the service, and allow people to borrow their car for a fee. They pay an hourly fee. They pay for the kilometres. They have they they can use an app to locate the cars near them. And then they rock up to the car, get a one-off code to open up the lockbox to get the key so the, driver, you know, the owner of the car doesn't have to be there. And it allows you to basically not own a car but have a car at your disposal when you need one. So the interesting stat was that 95% of the time our cars are at rest. We're not using them. So this is a way for you to make money with your, uh, an asset that you own that, would you otherwise wouldn't be using? So make use of that time and make some money. It's just another one of those great parts of the, what we call the share economy. So things that you own. There's, there's one I can't remember what it's called now, but allows you to basically rent out your driveway, your backyard, your space because, uh, yeah. because you know people have unused sheds or, or just entire backyards, and you can rent those out to people who just need space. So great way to make use of an unused car. And you know, yeah. if like we've got a little Mazda two, it's a second car. Yeah. Often it's just sitting in the in the driveway for five days of the Register week. Register it. We need it. On a, uh, we need it on the weekends when we've got the kids' sport and stuff yep. and there's two cars required. Here, here are the biggest questions I had for him. I said, what do you do about insurance? Because yeah. normally, like my car insurance now, my comprehensive insurance doesn't cover other drivers, whereas this business, to quote a line from Seinfeld, is your business is other drivers. So everyone is can drive the car. What you do is to, you cancel your comprehensive insurance, sign up to Car Next Door's insurance which is basically fleet insurance so you're paying $60 per month for your insurance which is a damn sight cheaper than what I'm paying for my comprehensive insurance that covers just me so oh, really? just that aspect is is it worth getting onto it for you get cheaper insurance and yeah you know, still excess and all that applies but it now covers your car for anyone who drives it well that is pretty cool interesting all right, well, people can find that on another another podcast, but we can't name it because we've mentioned it twice <laughs> already. It's the Tech Guide podcast, people, and you can uh, find details at techguide.com.au. Two Blokes Talking Tech. You're listening to Two Blokes Talking Tech with Trevor Long and Stephen Fennick. 
took me a while to work out what the words were that uh, that are written on the on the first review. But Stephen, um, you took yeah, you took some time to review something called a QL. And I worked it out, that's uh, QLED, Samsung's new QLED TV. Yes, I spent some time, a day and a night actually, looking at the new uh, the new Samsung Series 9 QLED TV. And I have to say, it is a remarkable television. They had a 75-inch and a 65-inch for me to watch. And uh, design-wise, they were, they were located on a, on a surface, so they weren't mounted on the wall. So I wasn't able to test out the ambient mode, but that is there if you do want to mount it on your wall. But just look, picture-wise, it is it is exactly what you expect. It's just a flawless image. It is 4K. It is HDR10+. And we watched a lot of Netflix. We watched some 4K uh, Blu-rays as well. And we also watch a lot of YouTube on the TV. Picture quality-wise, I'll sum it up like this. 4K looks flawless when it's off a disc. Streaming looks great. There were some areas of the image which I think had more to do with the stream rather than the television. Like watching 4K Netflix, you don't quite get the same bit rate. So there was a little, I noticed a bit of banding, you know, when there was like a bright spot on the, on the screen and then it degrades to another color. You could actually see the banding in the, in the picture. I think that was more to do with the stream rather than the image. It never happened watching a 4K disc. I, I gave The Last Jedi a send around on, uh, on the QLED and that looked just flawless. The, the colors, Really natural. What they got, what they nailed was also your, your skin tones. The, the, the characters, what you were looking at was real life. It wasn't those pumped up artificial cartoony picture quality that you get with some other brands. So that was excellent. Uh, HDR also knocked it out of the park. So you get all that detail and all that contrast as well. The, uh, the mounting, the one sort of the one clear cable, that is a, an amazing feature in itself. That one cable that can connect the data, your power to, to your, to your one connect box. So all your sources can be connected, uh, in the cabinet or, or further away from the TV. Sound wise, my only, my only, the only negative I had about the TV, and it was hard to find a fault with the television was I thought the sound could have been better. Yeah, you're paying the 75 inch TV costs more than ten thousand dollars. You're paying ten thousand dollars for television. You expect the sound to come out of that TV to be absolutely brilliant, and it was it was good, not great. It it was high quality, but it could have been better. Like an LG TV, even their their nano cell TVs, not the, the not the OLED models. The nano cell TVs have got Dolby Atmos sound. So if a TV like the QLED, you're paying big money for a television. I reckon that's one area where it could have been a bit better, the sound coming out of the actual television. Sure, you can get a sound bar, but why? You've paid 10500 for a TV. Why should you buy a sound well, You bar? and I both did TV segments on TVs, and, you know, the Harman Kardon underneath the buddy Hisense Series 9 and the Absolutely TCL. Right. Harman Kardon, buddy, basically sound bar built in. Look at the competition. They've got – that's exactly right. The LG OLEDs have got great sound built in. You've got your Blade speaker on the Panasonic OLED TV. And breaking news, Samsung owns Harman. Hello. Yeah, so I, I don't know whether, whether that, that's look. That's the only that's the only negative I had for the TV. Not that the sound was bad; it was actually pretty good. I just thought it could have been better for the amount of money you're paying just to complete that experience. Yeah. All right, Samsung's QLED TV. Uh, check it out on TechGuide.com.au. Stephen, you spent some time in uh, Adelaide uh, with uh, Bowen from EFTM uh, yes. behind the wheel of the Volvo XC40. Yeah, now I, I don't do many car reviews on Two Blokes Talking Tech, but uh, this did this I think warrants it because there is plenty of technology under the hood here. You got like that under the hood, and uh, we, <laughs> we did we did have a nice little drive up around the Barossa Valley in this car. Now this is a, a, a compact SUV which now completes the trilogy for Volvo. They've got the XC40, the XC60, the XC90. Mm -hmm. So this is now, I think SUV, you'd agree being a car head too, SUV category of, of, of cars is now probably one of the most popular in the world. 100%. It is ma a massively growing part of the segment. But So they, they've got this really nicely sculpt, this sculpted body. They had the designer there talking us through the design language of the car and how it's aggressive yet playful and all these the great little terms you use, you know, the sculptured, sculptured, uh, sections out of the door and how that was reflected inside the car. Inside the car, there's a nine-inch touchscreen, a 12.3-inch screen behind the wheel as well for the driver's view, and everything's at your fingertips, your phone, your entertainment, your climate control, 
Uh, all, all of that was there. Really easy, of course, to pair your phone. The calls are really clear. Be able to stream your music through the system as well. But there's also safety technology features built mm-hmm. in. Sort of, so if you sort of accidentally turn into the path of another car, it'll break really suddenly. It gives you all these other warnings. Is you got a? Rear- Did you test that? Uh, no, we didn't. It's even got a rear collision warning, so if it, it can anticipate if you're going to get hit from the behind, what's it going to do? Pre-tense your your your, oh, okay. your seat belts and brace the car basically Any for the chance collision. of it checking for a gap in front and just accelerating. Oh, no, no, but it, it it did have uh, it did have auto like uh, their 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 uh, assisted pilot assist with the uh, adaptive cruise control, and we tried that. Uh, it worked really well. You can set your car links, how many car links you want to be behind. It was a little bit slow off the mark of the lights, trying to catch up with the car in front of it. Um, and it was steering on the expressways, and so it was a really good autopilot experience with the car. Uh, and and what, what surprised me about the car, too, is just how affordable they are. They're, they're, I think they start at $47,990, uh, and... With all that technology, obviously not all. There are options to get more tech in the car and other features, but at the the basic car actually has quite a lot of features, including the nine inch screen. All that technology at your fingertips, uh, the screen behind the behind the steering wheel. So all of that's there. Well, the interesting part too, we drove the car that had the lava coloured floor mats. Floor is lava, so it looks like it looks orange. But that, 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 those floor spaces, that's made out of recycled material. Would you believe that material is made out of 90% recycled water bottles? So really interesting how they've done that there. But plenty of tech at your fingertips, a really nice car to drive, uh, yeah, really, really sure-footed handling as well. So all in all, I think the XC40, which is the baby in the family, that's, it's, the, it's the good in the, and there's better and best in the, in the range. But even at this entry level, you get a quality car that has got plenty of tech to satisfy all of us. Harman Kardon speakers in there as well. Uh, and just an all-round SUV, Volvo, of course, renowned for safety. So a pretty nice package that built for lifestyle. So it's got little cool little features like a little hook that comes out of the glove box to hang your takeaway or a little clip inside your mirror, inside your windscreen to put your little parking pass there and things like that. So they've thought of all those little touches as well as it being a nice, safe car to drive. Check it out, techguide.com.au and uh, Bowen's put his up at EFTM.com. Two Blokes Talking Tech. You're listening to Two Blokes Talking Tech. Travel on and Stephen Fennick. Well, Stephen, uh, that's that's done and dusted once again, and uh, it's lovely to be with you. And um, we'll do another show next week, I guess. We will, yeah. And uh, great, you can fit it in on Star Wars Day as well. Very uh, nice. It's just really, well, I really wanted to May come here and May the fourth see the you. the three weirdos over here in the <laughs> studio. And um, yeah, good stuff. May the fourth be with you, mate. Let's do it again next week. Thanks Let's to the good people it. at uh, Uniden and Netgear. Two blokes talking to. You.